We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready, Martin Paloma with me here on this Sunday morning as we tape on the final day of July 2022. Hope you are um, having a great weekend. I know everybody getting ready to start back to school. Uh, schools here in Oxford get started on Monday morning. Uh, kids going back to college, getting ready for sorority rush, fraternity rush, getting ready to get started again, football season. Uh, and all the NFL teams are in training camp. All the college teams by this time a week from now will all be in camp. Ole Miss starts, I believe, on Wednesday. I think Mississippi State starts on Friday. Uh, a lot of teams starting tomorrow and throughout the week. So by the end of next week, all the college teams will be in camp. All the high school uh, practices I think all the public schools in Mississippi, they start practice tomorrow on uh, August the 1st. So about to be a busy time out there. Glad that you are taking some of your time and spending it with us. I'll tell you before I uh, toss to Martin for a minute that I'm in the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Also, Larry Clark Chevrolet and Clark Ford will be hosting the Ole Miss National Championship Trophy on Wednesday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. So if you want to go out and see the trophy, maybe take a picture with the trophy, it'll be there in Amory at Larry Clark Chevrolet. That's a, an event hosted also by Clark Ford. So uh, Clark Ford Studios, 662-257-1900. And Martin, before we get rolling, tell the people what's going on at Pinnacle. Indeed, man. Uh, it has been a wild July. <laughs> um, we've kind of, I don't know, woken the beast up turn the market around not we pinnacle but but the markets have um and then there's really confusing data coming out uh so i know we'll unpack a lot of that on this show but if it's confusing to you and you don't know what it means and you have no idea what your future is going to look like that's a good opportunity to give us a call 601-957-0323 and uh let us take a look at it with you and if there's there's a way we can serve you we can and if not that's okay too 
All right, so the big topic last week was the recession word. The definition of recession, the word recession, whether we're in a recession. I've got a lot of thoughts on this, but no one listens to this show to hear my thoughts on it. So let me ask you. We have two quarters now of um, lack of GDP growth. Yep. Does that mean that we are in a recession? And does it matter, really, in terms of... We'll get into the politics of this in a minute, but in terms of the everyday consumer, the everyday investor, the people that are working on their 401ks, et cetera, does it really matter whether we define this as a recession or not? Uh, That's a loaded question. So I'm going to be a purist and stick with the traditional definition of, of a recession, which is two consecutive quarters of slowing growth, uh, which we've experienced now. And if you look at the numbers, it's, they're not alarming numbers. We knew that there was a potential for slowdown or recession. Uh, you know, and Jamie Dimon used the term, uh, you know, there's a hurricane coming and you better prepare for it. Now, what he didn't tell us was, you know, how bad the hurricane was going to be. How's, how bad's the storm? Uh, and, and I think on the last show, I, said that I didn't really think there was going to be, uh, you know, a big storm that was going to come in, but we might get a slowdown, but, uh, but I didn't think it was going to be catastrophic like 2008, you know, the financial systems are in good shape. Our financial plumbing is in good shape. Usually when you have like catastrophic breakdowns, it's because something in the financial system has completely dislocated and is, uh, you know, melting down. And that's not the case here. Uh, we do have some slowdown, and some of that is probably in part to inflation, which, you know, one would think. Um, but it's not anything that I'd be alarmed about. Um, you know, if I guess if you're nearing retirement, maybe you're saying, uh, hey, I got to stick with my stocks a little longer. But if you're below the age of 55, um, you just got to ride it out. And, you know, make adjustments accordingly as you get closer to, you know, needing to draw off your money. But for most folks, <clears throat> this will be a, a little blip on the market line. And we probably won't talk a ton about, you know, the Great Recession that happened in 2022. It'll just be one of the things that happens in a natural business cycle or natural market cycle. And we'll restart the process. Reading from uh, the Wall Street Journal, Andrew Barnett, Ming Lee are the authors of this story. The headline is, if this is a recession we might not know for months, economy's second straight decline and output sparks debate and the waiting game. I, I, I'm using the Wall Street Journal because I think they're the closest to kind of driving down the middle of the road. Um, as the Federal Reserve continues to raise interest rates in its fight against the highest inflation in more than four decades, that part's not debatable, by the way, economic indicators flash signs of a slowdown and questions about over what is a recession and whether the U.S. has entered one. U.S. gross domestic product fell by an inflation and seasonally adjusted annual rate of 0.9% in the second quarter. The Commerce Department said Thursday it was the economy's second consecutive quarterly contraction, which is one definition of recession, though not the one used by the official arbiter, the National Bureau of Economic Research. The nonprofit academic group's Business Cycle Dating Committee tracks an array of measures 
in addition to GDP, to identify the timing of peaks and troughs within cycles of economic activity. These peaks and troughs represent transitions between economic expansions and contractions. We often don't know when a recession begins or ends until months later when the committee makes a call. The group takes a deliberative, retrospective approach in making these announcements to avoid the need for revisions. Since the committee was created in 1978, there have been six recessions. The starts to the downturns have been announced from four months to a year after they happened. The end of recessions in some cases have taken longer to call. As with peaks, the committee waits tends to wait a number of months to identify a trough after it has occurred. This is where I, I, I mean, whatever, right? I, I get into this. Um, I think what bothers me is not, not the spin from the Biden administration. That's what whoever stands up at the podium in the White House press briefing room is a propagandist whether it's a Republican or a Democrat. I agree with that. And they spin. It's their job to spin. If if you're on their team, you like the spin. If you're on the other team, you dislike the spin and you criticize the spin, and I'm fine with all of that. What does bother me is my field. From a just a credibility standpoint, Martin, it has always been the definition of recession right? in my field, the two two quarters. Right, which is, I mean, that's what most professionals use too. And the goalpost has been moved. Yes, and and when the media per- participates in the goalpost moving, it really bothers me because it's a it's another hit on credibility. Because I think we all know, and again, I don't know that it matters, right? Whether we term this a recession or don't term this a recession, I don't know that it really matters. What I do know is that if a Republican were in office right now heading into these midterms, the media would be calling this a recession. CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times would be calling this a recession. They absolutely would. They would be hammering on the recession. But my field has just gone to this place where one side continues to hammer about Hunter Biden's laptop the other side pretends that the laptop just doesn't exist. And then one side beats the, 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 the drum of, of January 6th and, and the, the insurrection. And the other side, the same one that is really obsessed with the laptop, just sort of pretends that those hearings aren't happening. And that's not good media, frankly. But uh, that's where we are, and that's what kind of bothers me. But that's I don't I don't know that that's what people are are listening to this for. So there are some some other stories that are impactful in this way. Um, a couple of things here. I'll, I'll I'll hit them, and then we can dive into them if you'd like. One um, falling food prices ease upward pressure on global inflation. That's one headline, and the other is uh, actually there's three. So the, the second one is consumer spending grew much faster in June. U.S. household spending rose 1.1% last month, the right. Commerce Department said, as annual inflation hit a new four-decade high. And then along those lines, the third headline, inflation hits fresh four-decade high according to Fed's preferred measure. Consumer prices rose 6.8% in June from a year earlier, up from 6.3 in May and April, as measured by the Commerce Department's Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index. 
The gain in that is a mouthful. The gain in June marked the sharpest rise since January of 1982. I was 12. I was in utero. Where do you want to start? Um, th- this is where it gets a little confusing too, because there's a there's a couple of, of of things that are happening in our world that say, hey, we're in a slowdown, and then the very same day we have conflicting data that comes out that says, hey, we're in good shape. I mean, consumer spending, you know, going up or rising is generally inflationary, but doesn't indicate that we're in recession, right? Because generally if we're in recession or slowdown, consumer spending has also slowed. Uh, You know, jobless claims are way on the rise. People are a little bit in fear. Um, holding on to what cash that they've got. Then you have, um, you know, a couple of announcements last week of, you know, earnings beats, dividend beats, I mean, uh, revenue beats and dividend increases. And so that's also confusing because you say if we're in recession or we're even in a slowdown, you know, country, I mean, companies are, are a lot more, um, I guess, conservative with their cash on their balance sheets in a period of, of uh, slowing growth or recession. They don't increase the dividend. They actually may even cut the dividend, you know, thinking that we probably need to hang on to cash. And that's happened more than once in the last couple of weeks, which is just really confusing when you're saying, okay, half of the signals say we're in a slowdown, half say we're not which ones do you look at when you're reading the tea leaves? And the answer is you have to look at all of them and they're confusing and they give you no clear answer. Yeah. um, I mean, look, grocery prices going down is a good thing. Obviously gas is going down. Gas is going down though. It's a good thing. You know, there's a, a story in the Wall Street Journal today, one of the more popular stories, our, our uh, friends Christopher Matthews and Catherine Blunt are writing writing about What's up, it. Guys? And, you know, they say America, the, the lead paragraph is America is wrestling with the worst energy crisis in nearly five decades, a period of high prices and limited supply. What makes this crisis different than the troubles that roiled the country in the 1970s is how it started and the fixes required to make it end. Along those lines, I mean, it was a kind of a, a weird week for the Biden administration, on one hand, you had all the recession talk. And on the other hand, from a political standpoint, he appears to have accomplished for him a major um, you know, political agenda. What's the word I'm looking for? Legislative victory on his part, because it looks like that. Um, it looks like they're going to uh, pass a $280 billion package to promote the production of semiconductors in the U.S. It's one of his top priorities. He's got Joe Manchin um, along. It's a good thing for, for the country as a whole. Nonpartisan. Yeah. My, I've, I've talked about this before. My concern is is not... My concern is that, the, is that we, we just almost seem to refuse as a country on either side of the aisle to be willing to compromise on this at all. And on one hand, obviously, yeah, 
like the people that are just total climate deniers drive me crazy, right? I mean, obviously something's happening. When, when all the scientists tell you that something is happening, then you have to probably listen to them, although science has taken a hit in the last two and a half years, let's be honest. Um, that being said, on the other side, this, hey, we're going to just cram this, this, this legislation through that is going to incentivize um, electric vehicles and things of that, even though the grid's nowhere close to ready, nowhere close to ready, even though electric vehicles as a primary uh, source of transportation is simply not realistic right now. It's nowhere close to realistic. I agree with that. We should be working on that, no doubt. We should absolutely be putting a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of human resource into that. At the same time, we should be understanding that we are, at least for the foreseeable future, pretty damn dependent on fossil fuels, and we should be drilling at home. And will be. I'm sorry? And we will be. Yeah, Dependent on it. That's what I'm saying for the foreseeable future. There's there's no end date in sight on that. And I, yet, I don't see how we ever get away from it completely. I, I, I just don't think it's possible. I mean, not unless a, we get like you know hydrogen or nuclear powered vehicles and all that stuff. So it's one of the things that just kind of drives me nuts too. Is sometimes I wish Congress could just pass a bill that handles one thing instead man it's all about throwing <laughs> pork into it and and you know it, and nobody reads it the american public never hears it anyway it's just an, it was an interesting week for biden i mean he's a cnn poll cnn showed only 30 percent of americans approve of of his handling of the economy yep that's a drop from a year ago when he had about 50 percent approval from Americans, and again, per CNN, or anybody thinks I'm hand-picking here. It's not that you're picking from Fox News. No. Well, um, yeah, the con- congressional Republicans contend that his decision to pursue a $1.9 trillion recovery bill at the start of his administration helped overheat the economy and led to the inflation levels that are the highest that we've seen since the 80s. I think that's something that you generally agree with. Yep. Um. 64% of Americans thought the U.S. is in a recession. Roughly 8 in 10 rated the economic conditions as poor, a level of dissatisfaction with the economy that was last seen during the first term of President Barack Obama. Again, I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal. There's just a lot going on, right? I mean, you have you have all of these things that are happening. and um, But I think the big question that most people have is this. is Are things going to get better soon? Or are things going to get worse? And I know you touched on this earlier, but it remains the, the, the big topic. Because if things are going to get better, everybody's like, okay, cool. But man, if things are going, if, if, you, if, if, if the American public becomes convinced that things are going to get worse and they stop spending as we head into the second half of the, we're in the second half of the year as we get closer and closer to the holidays. And you know, you know how this works, man. The fall goes fast. And you, you, and so does winter. You look up and, and boom, it's Thanksgiving. And, and, and you know, you, if people are reluctant to spend, you've been talking about the Fed raising interest rates. That happened again last week, you know. Yeah, and we knew that was we knew that was coming. Yeah, um, they they had already baked it in. Uh, you know, the, uh, his his talk after was uh, very more accommodating, and I think that's why the markets ripped for the last part of the week. 
Um, and, and I mean, a little bit of silver lining, we've had blood in the streets every month since January when people open their uh, investment account statements. This is going to be the first month they open their statement and they say, oh, thank God, I didn't lose money this month. They actually made money, you know, this month. The S&P was up uh, close to 10% for the month of July. And the Dow's up, you know, not that much, probably about seven. I, that's me guessing uh, about 7%. So it's, you know, a finally a relief month where even if you only get a couple months of relief, at least you're not, you know, bleeding. But July captured back half of the losses for the entire year in one month. Let me ask you about this because people, people debate this. And you're one of the more kind of down the middle people that I, that I talk to politically. Thank you. Um, included in this deal, apparently, that uh, Manchin is is signing off on. It's not the full build back better that Biden wanted, but it's he's got some stuff in it. He's going to if if I'll read the couple paragraphs here. If Senate Democrats can pass the bill with 50 votes through the budget reconciliation process and the House can follow suit, not a sure thing in either chamber, it would allow Mr. Biden to point to progress on climate change, a key demand from progressives, raising taxes on corporations, a popular move among Democrats, and reining the cost of health care premiums and prescription drugs. The bill also includes support for traditional sources of energy like oil, gas, and coal, along with nuclear power. Why we are not more dependent on nuclear powers beyond me. Um, that's Dude, me. I know. All right, it's 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 such a common sense thing. It makes too much. I was about to say it makes too much sense. I mean, we could for the amount of money that it is going to cost to even do anything resembling the electric car support grid and all of the stuff that would have to happen. We could build. The answer. We could build hundreds of nuclear power plants, nuclear power plants, keep them safe, keep them clean, and pretty much solve our energy crisis. Yeah, and run the grid. <laughs> it's just insane. It makes too much sense, it, man. It does, and, and, and you, you, anyway. But here's, I, yeah, here, I, I here's my question. look at Three Mile Island and go, oh, well, you know, look at that disaster that was, that was you know, almost happened, was, was averted. And then look at Chernobyl, and it's like, okay, well, I mean, how many tankers have we had spill tens of thousands of oil, you know, in the waters or the Deepwater Horizon accident that I don't even know how many thousands of hundreds of thousands of gallons of oil was pumped into the, you know, into the ocean. Yeah, into the Gulf, yeah. Yeah. My question is this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I think, you know, a lot of people are for progress on climate change. I think a lot of people are for reining in the cost of healthcare premiums and prescription drugs. Yeah, I am. When I hear raising taxes on corporations, here's what goes through my mind. And feel free to tell me I'm wrong. What goes through my mind is this. Yeah, on paper, that makes a ton of sense. But in reality, you got to be careful there because... Most of those corporations are going to do one of two things if their taxes are increased. They're going to pass those costs onto the consumer or they're going to leave the U.S. Correct. and go to a, a more tax-friendly place to run their corporation and therefore you lose jobs and you, you, you know, there's a, not to get into like President George H.W. Bush and, was it Reagan or Bush with the trickle-down economics? That was Bush, right? Uh. Reagan did have Reagan started the trickle down economics. Okay. I mean, not to get again, not to get political or say he was right or he was wrong or whatever. That's but, true, man. But these if you increase the taxes, the costs are going to trickle down. They might right. pour down, but they're absolutely going to trickle down. And it's something that sometimes I think the people on the left who are for this don't understand the mindset and the mentality of the corporate world from a money standpoint. Yeah. You saw a lot of companies do these reverse mergers into like Irish corporations, um, you know, the Bahamian corporations uh, where they could have a, a, a tax haven. And one of two people get hurt in a situation like that. If, if they stay on shore well, I guess let me back up. Huge, large, mega corporations can do this. Mom and pop don't have that option. So the only option is pass it along to the consumer. If the big corporations that are paying the bulk of the taxes anyway, you know, decide to do a offshore merger and reverse out, it just hurts the, the government's tax collections abilities. 
so the thing they were trying to increase has now decreased significantly because they've gone somewhere else. Those are the two outcomes. Yeah, neither are good. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, and yet yeah, it's, just like you said, on paper, on it pa- makes sense. On paper, it makes all the sense in the world. How do we how do we reduce the deficit? How do we pass? You know, how do we how do we you know make it more quote fair end quote? Although I would argue there's nothing about our taxation system that is quote fair end quote nothing zero. Yeah, I don't know if you remember to the this was year a couple of years ago we were actually talking about like how much uh, percentage of the tax intake comes from consumers versus businesses. And um, the corporate tax part was a little bit smaller than I thought. The most, uh, the largest collection is individuals and uh, the business part of, of uh, uh, income taxes, uh, business income or not business income, um, earnings taxes in your paycheck withholdings. Sorry, dude, the brain couldn't get that one out. So if they were going to do it, the smart way to do it would be marginal increases in, you know, payroll withholdings and then marginal increases in, in personal income tax withholdings, which is not good either. You know where I am on taxes. I I have a very hard taxation is theft. Not even that. I think it may be because, you know, what I do as a basically an independent contractor, right, with rivals and and stuff is, you know, I have to, I pay payroll tax and all those things, but the tax, I I get, actually get the money into my account before it goes out of my account. So I see it. So for a, a moment each month, more than a moment, a day or two, I see all of my money that's mine, that I've earned. That's correct. And then I, so therefore, I get to see it leave my account. And I've learned that it's more fun to watch it. percent total. It's more fun to watch it arrive into my account than it is to see it leave my account. I, I like that time when it's like the big number a lot more than I like the time when it's the other number. And so I think sometimes that if the everyday person who has the withholdings from his or her check, can you say his or her anymore? Is that, is that still safe? I think it is. It is. It, you, you are with me. Okay. If those people saw the money leave their check, actually had the money and then had to pay the tax, I think people would be like, well, wait, 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 wait a minute. Hold up. Where's this money going? Yep. So I'm like, I'm the guy that thinks everybody should have to literally get all of their money and then pay it. Because if they did it, we'd have a different view on tax. Because then you'd start doing what I do. And I'm honest about this. This is going to make me a bad person. I'll walk through the grocery store and I think to myself, are you paying as much tax as I am? I mean, are you paying the same percentage of tax that I am? Or or are you one of the people who doesn't pay any tax? Because like 50% of the American populace doesn't pay taxes. You're correct. It bothers me. It it bugs me. When people do the fair thing, I'm like, this nothing's fair. I don't know that raising taxes on corporations does anything 
anything at all to cut inflation, to change standard of living. If anything, what you run the risk of is we start screwing around with unemployment, which credit to Trump and credit to Biden, under both of them, unemployment has been very low. Basically, if you want a job, you have a job. Yet there are these whispers out there, and I hear them because I have a daughter who's about to be a senior in college. There are these whispers right now that, hey, man, in a year from now, this job market's going to look a lot different, not in a good way. Now, it's kind of scary when you start talking about, hey, let's just tax the hell out of corporations. What will they do then? They're going to cut jobs. Yep. They're going to cut jobs. That's what they're going to do. That's going to be day one. The day one thing is they're going to sit down in their boardrooms and go, okay, well, our shareholders aren't going to accept this. So let's figure out how to keep our profits the same, knowing that we have to pay more taxes. How do we do this? Well, first person raises his or her hand in the boardroom and says, well, we can cut 12% of our jobs. That would free up X. That's where we go. Uh, that is true, sir. You know, and the thing that I think, I don't know if most folks who receive um, W-2 income even know how much taxes the employer pays on their behalf, period. And some may not even know oh, that I, it happens. I can tell you they don't. Because I didn't know, I, I didn't know anything about payroll taxes and stuff until I, until I became a boss. Right. Yeah, most people, I, I don't even know. Well, I say most people don't realize it. That's true. But I don't even know if most folks know that it actually happens. They, most folks probably feel like they pay their taxes. But their, corp, their, their company pays half of their what's due or what's owed. Yeah. Along those lines, I mean, during the week, the White House sought to showcase a resilient economy transitioning out of a global pandemic. God, they, they, people are going to use this pandemic forever. Um, noting that the unemployment rate has remained relatively low at 3.6% and monthly job gains have averaged 375000 during the past three months. Average gasoline prices have fallen more than 60 cents a gallon since they're high of about $5 a gallon earlier in the summer, helping alleviate some of the pressure. But the week's other economic data painted a much less rosy picture. Consumer confidence fell to levels last seen at the start of Mr. Biden's administration in the winter of 2021. The Federal Reserve, seeking to tamp down record high inflation, raised interest rates three quarters of a percentage point after making a similar move in June, saying, quote, recent indicators of spending and production have softened. Retail giant Walmart, Incorporated, said higher costs were leading consumers to cut their spending. Automaker General Motors Company saw its net profit fall 40% in the second quarter, hurt in part by supply chain disruptions. The administration was hurt by insisting that inflation would be transitory last year and eventually subside, a message that was delivered by the Federal Reserve until it shifted to begin raising interest rates. Instead, inflation has become a dominant concern for many Americans, underscored by higher prices at the grocery store, higher fuel prices, higher fuel prices which have been made worse by Russia's spring invasion of Ukraine. Again, I mean, I feel like, you know, the the scene in, in Bull Durham when the, they're all gathered at the mound and the pitching coach comes out, hey, what's going on? And Crash Davis, the catcher, says, we're dealing with a lot of stuff here. But there's a lot going on, and, and here we are in, a, in an election year. I mean, we're getting late into an election year. People are, yep. People's minds are made up. 
And so you have, I think, it's one of the things I'm, I'm interested in. It's, it's one of the things that kind of worries me a little bit. I think you see the, the Democrats seeing the writing on the wall, um, barring something crazy. And something crazy might just be Trump announcing that he's running for president. That might be all it takes. But barring something crazy, I think they see that they're, they're, they're almost certainly going to lose the House. Uh, decent to strong chance that they're going to lose the Senate. And that, hey, we have this, we being the Democrats, we have this window to cram as much of our agenda as we can uh, into law before we lose the majorities and before uh, it's a stalemate for the next two years getting ready for the 2024 presidential election. And so you and I have talked about this before. I wouldn't mind seeing some kind of gridlock for a little while where kind of nothing happens and everybody gets a chance to kind of catch their breath and um, but, it's also it's also very healthy for the markets. Yeah, it's healthy for the markets, which is a good thing. But but we have yep. this volatile time between now and then, basically between now and January, where the Democrats seem uh, determined and they have the votes to do it to uh, kind of push something through. Yeah, and I don't know what will end up happening, you know, with policy through the end of the year and I, you're probably right they probably will try to pack stuff in and push it through you know i know one of the things they're trying to get done is um you know protecting same-sex marriage or same sex as a class to protect marriage at the federal level um there'll probably be other things that come down the pike uh you know that they'll try to get squeezed in before january because i think you're right i think i think the house is uh is flipping I think Senate will, well, I guess let me say I'm hopeful the Senate will flip and we have full gridlock because that at least gives us breathing breathing space. Yeah, the Senate's going to be really close. There's, there's, the it, two things have happened to throw that from a certainty to, I don't know, one is that the Republicans have insisted on running kind of Trumpian sort of candidates in, in some states. And um, and then the second thing is the Democrats have been smart about in some of these primaries. Democrats have gone in and voted for the more extreme Republican, and making <laughs> making those those elections in November less certain. Sure, that's a good strategy. Oh, it's it's very smart politically. It's one of the weird parts of our political system is that you know you can you can go vote in the other on the other side's primaries and impact who ultimately runs in your candidate. Yeah. yeah, In the general election. Yeah. It's kind of a, kind of a weird thing. Just been a weird, I guess we'll be talking a lot about politics, you know, here shortly and talking about the potential impact, uh, for folks, retirement accounts and taxes and things like that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. People don't want you to talk politics. I get that a lot on, on our show, and I don't talk about it at all on the Oxford Exxon podcast. I don't write about it anymore. But, I mean, look, if, if you're talking about your money, well, politics are, are huge. I mean, we see that right now. Frankly, you saw in March of 2020, you saw President Trump mishandle the the uh, the pandemic, we're still recovering from that. Um, you know, 
a lot of the people, it turns out, who were saying, hey, there, there is no reason to shut down. There is no reason to lock down. Those people were, have been proven pretty right. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the fallout from that will be felt for generations. Young people with losing, losing learning and lo- losing a lot of, I mean, there's, there's a debt that is going to get paid on that. And then, yep. you know, and then. My third grader is experiencing that. And then you have. She missed the second half of kindergarten. You have a president who a year ago said, if you get these vaccines, you, you won't get COVID. He's all boosted and everything else, still masking all the time. And he just got COVID twice. Twice, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of a, it, it, like I said, it's just kind of a bizarre thing that, that's going on. And then to make it more bizarre, you, you, you have the very real chance that the two people that are going to run for president again in two years are the two guys who over the last six years, I, as a country, I have to think we can do better than Trump redux versus an 82-year-old sitting president who has had a really bad two years. I, I just have to think we can do better, but that is a political opinion that a lot of people don't share. If I'm the Democrats, the best thing in the world that could happen is that Donald Trump announces he's running for president sometime between now and the midterms. That would be the Christmas gift I would want. Yeah, because I don't think that he would get the Republican ticket, but he would if he ran as independent, he he pulls those Republicans away from the ticket. And that's a pretty good victory or pretty pretty good opportunity for victory for the left yeah i I don't i'd like to think there are candidates out there that would beat trump in a republican primary but i'm not positive he still has that base of his is so strong i mean it's the thing that gets lost in the whole election cycle right is we we're still doing the, the January 6th stuff, and, and there's still people talking about whether the election was or was not stolen or all that, and whatever. I'm one that tends to think, hey, if there was all this proof that the election were stolen, I think by now we'd probably start seeing more of it than we've seen. So if you, use, if you just take the numbers at face value, yes, Biden got 81 or 82 million votes. That's a ton of votes. Which is unbelievable. But the, if you take Biden's number at face value, I think you have to take Trump's number at face value. You can't say, well, the, the, the election was rigged to give Trump more votes, but not Biden. I mean, no. It's either rigged or it wasn't rigged. And if your argument is it wasn't rigged, and that tends to be my argument, then Trump got 75 million votes. Only one person ever has gotten more votes than 75 million, and that's Biden. And so this is this guy that has this passionately committed base and if he runs again, that same base, which a lot of them believe that, that the election was stolen from him, those people are going to support him vigorously. And what I think the problem for Trump and the Republicans is that unlike a DeSantis or a Scott or Haley or whoever, who, ah, yeah, you're, they, they, they've got an R by their name, so the Democrats will vote against them. But are they passionately voting against them? Are they are they motivated to to get out the way that they were in 2020? I would argue probably not. But those people who hate Trump, they hate Trump. And the moderates, 
the moderates who are the people who control who probably wins this election in 2024, a lot of those people who right now are looking at Biden and saying, man, you're wrecking, you're wrecking my budget. We're spending more on gas. We're spending more on food. Um, I'm not making as much. We can't go on the vacation that we planned. Worried about paying for the kids' college, et cetera, et cetera. Those people, they look at it and go, you know, you're hurting my pocketbook. I'll, I'll vote for DeSantis or I'll vote for Haley or Scott or the governor of Iowa or whoever. A lot of those people will look at Trump and those are the same people that said, you know, Trump was really mean. And I didn't like the way Trump handled losing. I'm not voting for him. I'll, I'll swallow it and vote for Biden a second time. And then we've talked about this. The other thing that's coming in the event that you're right and that the House goes pretty heavy Republican and maybe the Senate swings Republican, maybe it's a bloodletting at the polls in November. I, I don't know. If it is, the Democrats are going to start the infighting where people look at, at Biden and say, hey, the guy has no coattails. He's got two years left. He's an old man. And they've already started that drumbeat a little bit more than they used to, Martin. They're going to look at it and say, he's an old man. We've got to find an alternative, and you already see, you know, like the governor of California out there starting to kind of talk about the presidency and Newsom, Gavin Newsom. You know, and look, Gavin Newsom's younger guy, good-looking guy. I think he's kind of an empty suit, but what happens in, in that deal? And, you know, it's Kamala Harris is the vice president, kind of her turn does. Is there pressure on Biden to step down so that she can step in and become president and run as a sitting president? I, I don't know. Because after, I think it's after November, she could become president and still conceivably serve two terms. So there's a lot to come. Yeah, there's no, there's no way around the fact that on this show we're going to have to talk politics in, well, in the fall. You have to. Because, I mean, policy impacts our markets, period. I mean, it's like the wet part of the ocean. You can't avoid it if you're in if you're in the ocean. Have you kept up with the J six stuff at all? I have not. I haven't either. I've I, and normally that's the kind of thing that I would, and it's not because I, of a, of a political view. It's just if I can be totally honest, I'm bored with it. it. I'm just fatigued from all of it. Yeah, I think that, and I have so much other stuff that are more important to me and occupying my brain space. But it's another thing that's coming up, like this this particular story. Um, again, this is a, a story in the Wall Street Journal. It's written by Holman W. Jenkins Jr. It says, Hunter and Joe Biden need Trump. And he writes, when Democrats and the media are done trying to disqualify Donald Trump over January 6th, they'll have a similar job to do on Joe Biden. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland has not one but two choices to make with import for 2024 whether to pursue Mr. Trump for January 6th crimes and whether to keep averting his eyes from Hunter Biden and the evidence of Biden family corruption. It's why in many ways what our country needs is we need an election where there's no Biden, there's no, no Trump, Trump, no Clinton, new faces, younger faces, a fresher conversation. Because I, what I don't, I don't think the American public has the stomach for a debate where Trump is constantly talking about the laptop and about J6. Or Trump's constantly talking about Hunter Biden's laptop. And Biden is constantly talking about January 6th. I think a lot of people look up and go, look, 
you're both wrong and I've got a I've got a family to feed. I think that's where people get. They want to it's time to maybe it's time to take the country in a fresher younger direction perhaps. Man, I'd love to see um you know DeSantis versus Newsom. It would be it would be certainly very refreshing two young younger people two people that have completely different approaches two people who have been governors. Yep. We would be able to have a debate where how they handled COVID, how you handled COVID, <laughs> how you handled recession. Yep. Uh, what what's the state of your states? Two states yep. that are massive, huge states in our country. Yeah, heavyweights. Um, it would be it would it would be quite fascinating, and to see who they put on their on their ticket, uh, how they how they were able to discuss two governors because a lot of times governors don't do great in. Um, Foreign affairs, how they, how adept they were at discussing things that are happening outside of the country, outside of domestic issues. But you, I don't think in that scenario, the one thing I don't think you'd get into is I, I, obviously there'd be mudslinging, but we wouldn't be doing this laptop thing. And and listen, I'm not trying to this laptop thing. If this if if you just change the names on this laptop thing. To Biden, I mean to Trump, you make this laptop Donald Trump's Jr.'s laptop with the stuff that's on that laptop, it is a constant news cycle. I'll go back to what I said about my field. I mean, you've got you've got Joe Biden on the evening of December the twelfth, twenty eighteen. You've got audio of Joe Biden congratulating his son for surviving a New York Times story about his dealings with the disgraced Chinese mogul. The president, the former vice president at the time, tells his son the story, quote, was good. I think you're clear. This is the same guy that when he was running for president said he'd never discussed business dealings with the son. You've got the, the laptop talking about the 10%. For the big guy, and everybody's saying the big guy is Joe Biden. Oh yeah, I mean this is this is the kind of no one can argue this. No one can argue that if this story were Trump, it would be constant, constant, and it and it yeah. should be. And this, frankly, frankly, it should be a much bigger story. It's it's it is a scandalous story that's out there. Not not the sex stuff. Who cares? Not the drugs. Who cares? But the part where he's right. peddling his influence and making money on the side from countries that are a problem for us, for a man who ran for and eventually became president, that's pretty significant. Oh, I mean, I agree with that, man. I totally agree. And You know, the there was the let's see the tax returns. For Trump, yeah, and well, Obama was the show me your birth certificate, but no one has asked, or at least I haven't heard, for you know, let's see all of Biden's financial transactions, and I'm sure they'll hide it somehow. Bank in Switzerland, yeah, I mean, again, I just think it's time for fresh blood. 
think the country wants it. I think the country needs it. I agree with that. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we haven't touched on. We hadn't done a show in a little while. I was traveling. You had stuff going on. Um, yeah, I had some stuff pop up. And, yeah. And I've been traveling a lot this week. I mean, this month for work, too. And then one of, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give a shameless plug. So, uh, I guess about seven-ish years ago, the soccer club that I helped run almost went belly up. And uh, I hired a guy that was 23 years old to help me turn it around. The board told me I was crazy. So this year, that guy took his uh, girls' soccer team to nationals. They won regionals and made it to nationals. Now, they got mopped in nationals, um, but they made it, and they qualified. So I was down um, for probably about three days just taking in that experience. And it was kind of cool because even from a business standpoint, we took something that was dead, rebuilt it, and he took a team to nationals seven years later. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. That's Brandon Football Club. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I'm trying to think. If we've, we, Carson's team, Tupelo, they've played Brandon. Played, yeah, we uh, we played in a tournament in Brandon last year. I actually played a couple of tournaments in Brandon last year. Carson's yeah, team is playing in a different league this year. It's like the Gulf Coast GSBL. Yeah, man, they've got games like uh, got got games in Hattiesburg, Baton Rouge, um, Fair some in Jackson. Not Fairhope, but hell, it might be Fairhope. It's all the way down there. Foley. He plays in Foley. He's got a game in Foley, Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, once they hit, uh, you know, about U13, U14, they start doing more league stuff than just tournaments. Yeah. It's harder to get the tournament. It's just you got to go further to go find quality teams to play. That's correct. Yeah, because more people have quit the game by by then. Did I tell you that we saw, um, speaking of soccer, we saw Chelsea and uh, Club America in Uh, in Vegas? I did not know that you were going to that until I saw a picture. But you told me you were going to Vegas because we talked about the Death Star. Yeah. And I did not put the two together. But, yeah, I was a little green with jealousy. First of all, the Death Star is awesome. It is fantastic. I'm a Raider. I'm a Raiders fan now because of that. Well, you should go to one of their football games because that place is sweet. It is fantastic. God, it is it is a phenomenal stadium. Um, I would have loved to watch Chelsea play there. And it was cool. It was cool. Um, I've told people I talked about it much on my podcast at all because I people just don't want me to talk about stuff anymore. But I've told people that it was it was pretty powerful. I didn't know what to expect. Right? I kind of thought. It was going to be this, just kind of an exhibition. I I didn't. I was thankful that I, I bought tickets as early as I did because I kind of at one point was like, I will just buy tickets at the gate. It won't be a big deal. Um, and it probably I mean, it wasn't sold out. We would have been able to get tickets at the gate, but we wouldn't have been able to get good tickets. It was fifty seven thousand people in there. Um, the Club America fans team out of I think they're out of Mexico City 
um, man, they had so many fans there, and they were so fun. They were so yeah. fun. They <laughs> they sang the songs and all that stuff the entire the entire game, entire game, the entire match. They were great. They were funny, and uh, they were into it. And as the as the cervezas were consumed, uh, they they got more more fun. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I think there was like some idiot somewhere had a fight, but for the most part, it was like super calm and and all that. Um, but then. Chelsea had a ton of fans too, which tells you the power of the English Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I'm one. I, I watched a little bit of it on TV, and Timo Werner's goal was, I mean, talking about staying disciplined in the right spot. It was, it was awesome. Um, yeah, he was great. That was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, dude, you got to see the stars play too. Yeah, it got, wasn't their B team. No, no, uh, the 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 goalkeeper for Club America was the. Uh, Mexico World Cup goalkeeper. He was fun to watch. Um, and then I got to see... Um, Pulisic. Yeah, Christian Pulisic, who's really good. Um, yeah, it was it was just a lot of fun. I mean, you just realized... You, it, was, it was... I didn't know what to expect, and what I got was high-quality soccer. Yep. So it was, it was really cool. Um, all right, so we're going to... What's our plan for this week? Are we coming back on Thursday? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. I am here all of August. I have one week in September we'll work with, but yeah, back to school gets me grounded again. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm back into a routine starting this week. I'm not exactly sure what that routine will look like yet. Some of that will be dependent. Well, a lot of it will be dependent on Ole Miss's football schedule and media opportunities and such, but indeed, but, uh, we'll, we'll plan to get back with you guys on Thursday. Thanks for making us a part of your weekend again. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Talk about some whatever pops up. If it continues, the news cycle goes the way it's been going. There will be new things. I mean, I'm, we didn't even get to this story about consumers have powered through the pandemic until now. So that'll be something to tease. Recent government data shows that household spending is increasingly strained and some companies are bracing for an economic downturn. So we'll talk about that on Thursday, among other things. Until then, for Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Thanks for uh, being with us, and we will talk to you again soon. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.